The Mental Manifesto, Chapter 2 To give some context on how I came to face this situation, I had a workplace accident. I had been electrocuted. It was probably one of the most horrific experiences of my life. You go numb and are unable to move, but at the same time, your heart is beating a hundred times faster than normal, and it feels like it's going to explode, but it doesn't. It's one of the most excruciating pains I've ever felt. Paralyzed in pain, with no escape, I was taken to a local hospital, and physical injuries were to a minimal. I thought I'd be on the mend within a few days, but the next day when I woke up, I was terrified. I didn't want to go outside or drive. I didn't want to leave my house or see anyone. I felt mentally crippled. I feared electrical sockets and plugging in my phone. I started to avoid many things I used to do every day. I became an introvert. Anything I tried to do required a great deal of pre-planning. I would tell myself, today you are going to go out and get the mail. I would have to constantly reinforce that I was going to do this task until it was complete. Side note, my mailbox is less than a kilometer away from my house, and it still felt like a mountain of a task. I felt vulnerable, no matter what I did. After following up with my family doctor, I started to understand that there was an underlying issue. PTSD. It was something I had heard of when the news was referring to soldiers in war zones. Never in a million years did I think PTSD could affect a 30-year-old working a normal job. I felt pathetic and useless, but I was told to go see a psychologist to get a better handle on what I was dealing with. This would begin one of the most complex processes I have ever dealt with. I am a born and raised Canadian. With that comes the benefit of free healthcare. So yes, my hospital visits and family doctor visits were covered under OHIP, Ontario Health Insurance Plan. They were able to provide me with a contact number for local mental health support services. The information they gave me as follows. Single session counseling clinic. Are you feeling sad, stressed, worried about your life or a family member? If you'd like more information, arrange an appointment. Great. I felt really positive. I was going to get some help and someone would explain to me what was going on in my head. I called on a Tuesday, eager to speak to someone, and it was a message service. I had to leave a message and wait for a callback. Personal note, making someone who is already anxious wait for a callback makes them more anxious. So, thanks for that. Now was a waiting game. I hate the waiting game. I spent the next two days secluded to my room. I didn't want any social interaction, and the only type I was able to bear was for my supporting girlfriend, who wanted to make sure I was okay. Between daily texts and calls and a few visits, I was able to make it to Thursday. After not sleeping properly for three days, I had finally had some relief. Or so I thought. This is how the phone call went. Caller. Hello, you contacted our hotline for some counseling services. Me. Yes, I did. Thank you for calling me back. I was referred to your service by my family doctor. Caller. Okay, no problem. What type of need do you have? Me. I require to see a psychologist. I was recently hurt in a workplace accident and need to get some paperwork filled out. Caller. Oh, um, we don't have any certified psychologists and are unable to fill out paperwork. Me. Uh, okay. I guess I'll have to find another service. Thanks for your time. Caller. No problem. Best of luck to you. Click. Me. Damn it. 
That conversation would sum up how my next 30 days of my life would go. One of the things I never knew I would have to deal with was the endless amount of red tape I would run into, the endless forms I would have to fill out and submit. What to do? So I picked up the phone and contacted my family doctor, and they provided me with another number. Called them up and was given the same response. I am sorry, but I am unable to provide a diagnosis. At this point, I felt so helpless. I was doing my best to keep it together, but every time I called a number and they provided me with an answer of, sorry, unable to provide a diagnosis, I felt less and less hopeful that I was going to get better. It was hard enough dealing with my PTSD on my own, but the added stress of trying to find someone that could actually support me wasn't helping. Sleeping became even more difficult. I was almost ready to give up. To understand a little bit of how this process works, because I was hurt in a workplace accident in Canada, I would be claiming my injury through WSIB the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board. WSIB would review my case and approve or deny my claim. The one thing they needed was a medical form filled out by my family doctor, but they also needed one filled out by a psychologist. The Health Professionals Report for Occupational Mental Stress Form CMS-8. In this form would be a detailed information about my mental state and what was needed to help me transition back to work after my accident. Eventually, I got a hold of a certified psychologist. They asked me what I needed and they agreed they could help. After filling out the initial paperwork, I started to feel a very heavy cloud above me. Under section of payment, I saw 200 plus an hour. How am I going to cover this? I've been off work for two weeks, I have no money coming in, but at the same time, if I don't get help, I can't get better. I booked an appointment for the following week and once again had to play the waiting game. The red tape was suffocating me. I had forms from my work, forms from WSIB, forms from my doctor. It was beginning to pile up, and eventually I needed a binder dedicated to the paperwork that was accumulating. At this current point of writing this, my binder is 81 pages and counting. My first appointment with a psychologist was nerve-wracking. What's wrong with me? Will I ever be okay? How am I going to get through this? Hundreds of questions rushed through my mind as I walked up the steps to the medical building. I felt sick and numb at the same time. I wanted to turn around and run away, but I knew I had to be done if I wanted to get better. I entered the offices and waited until I was called into a room. I was surprised with how comfortable the room was. A nice couch sat by the window and a chair across from me, artwork on the wall that looked hand-painted. When I sat down under the desk in the corner, I saw an electrical socket. It had no cover. Anxiety rising. I hate that socket. I introduced myself and we began our first session. I gave them an overview of what I had gone through and updated them on the required paperwork. This was going to be no easy task, as not only is this my first session, but the guidelines for mental health claims for WSIB require an individual to have symptoms for 30 days before they can be considered to have a claim under mental stress. PTSD was one of the types of disorders that require 30 days. After being educated on the process, I felt even more hopeless and lost. Imagine someone has a piece of metal sticking out of their arm or their leg and having the hospital say, sorry, before you can be covered for that accident, it will have to stay in your arm for the next 30 days. I know it's not a proper comparison, but remember that itch in my mind? We talked about it not long ago. Well, I had that itch in my mind for the past two weeks. And now I was being informed to have a valid claim I would have to sit and endure the itch for at least another two weeks before we could submit the paperwork? This was the end of the first session. One down, many to go.